You ever have a best friend whose girlfriend was a little cray-cray? <laughs> Stay with us on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. We are very excited that you guys are joining us in this midst of a study in the book of Daniel. And so far, we've looked at different characteristics of God's last day people to survive all the things that are going to happen. And I don't know about uh, you out there, but I've been blessed by each episode thus far. And uh, this episode is called A Church in Crisis. A Church mm. in Crisis. And some of you may be wondering, what does that have to do Macho. with my best friend's girlfriend who's a little, or spouse, or significant other who's a little bit cray. Cray-cray means crazy, <laughs> if, you're, if you're wondering what that means. So we're going to have a word of prayer, and the Lord's going to bless and take hold of this conversation, and hopefully uh, blessings will flow from that. So Sebastian, can you pray for us? Yes, let's pray. Father in heaven, um, we are so privileged to be able to study your word and we're also privileged to see the example that Daniel has left for us over these past several chapters and especially here to find that the church is not perfect and how we can respond even in these last days where the church is in crisis. May you teach us now as we open your word and give us courage, Lord, to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Sebastian Israel. Uh, what's going on in Daniel? I mean, we've done a lot of chapters, yeah. and you, know, you don't have to do everything, but just kind of I guess, uh, sure. give us a, a summary of, of someone who may have joined us for the first yeah. episode. We've been looking at the first part of our studies have been dealing with characteristics of Daniel and mm. what he introduces as an example of the last, the last day church. When we look at Daniel's history, his life, his life doesn't begin in Daniel chapter 1, but rather that's where his life begins to be exposed. Daniel's a person who's faithful, mm. right? He's faithful in all in, in the small things, not just in the large things. He's a person that's temperate, self-control. All these are attributes of God-likeness. And so God is giving his message to a prophet that seeks to be like him. He's giving a message about himself that he's going to proclaim mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the last day people. So that's essentially some of the marks of the last day church. Yeah, so Daniel being one of the two apocalyptic apocalyptic books, it kind of gives us a... a, a a, a glimpse into the future of what's going to happen. And some people get freaked out about all that's going to happen, but also embedded into the narratives of, of Daniel are also the characteristics as, characteristics, as you mentioned. So let's go to Daniel chapter 9. And Daniel chapter 9, we have Daniel is in prayer mode. Uh, we see prayers throughout the book of Daniel. And here it's actually a pretty long chapter, a long prayer. We're not going to read all of it, but uh, Siku, can you read verse 1 mm-hmm. to verse something in, in chapter 9? <laughs> okay. Um, from verse 1. Yep. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Okay, just put a pause there. Can you give us insight on what's verse, verse 2, 1 and 2 are talking about here? So it's dealing with a prophecy in Jeremiah who was outside of Babylon saying that they would go into captivity, but that God would actually end it after 70 years, and then he'd return them to Jerusalem. Okay, so he's claiming that promise in a sense. He's studying scripture, and he's trying to see that this is his mode that he's in. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Verse 3, please. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments, 
We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face. As it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and far off in all the countries to which you have driven them, because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. Okay, we'll stop there. Um, Israel, any, any, any observations? Or not just Israel, just jump all in yeah. here. Who, any observations you see from that part that Israel yeah. uh, Secret just read? I think it's really, really awesome how Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah mm. is what inspires here Daniel to, to pray. Mm. And so there's, you know, Daniel was a student of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we, when, when, when we have uh, prayer lives that are dead, usually because they're not, they're, we have a, 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 a life that is devoid, that is void of the, st- the study of Scripture. Mm. And so... So studying Scripture blossoms a prayer life yeah. and prayer life gets more there's a right there's a, yeah th- this thing going yeah on. because yeah. what what happens is what the, the bible is a mirror yeah and and as daniel is studying scripture he's realizing well the 70 years are about to expire mm. but if you know if you if you start breaking down his prayer you realize that he's speaking about the fact that israel has been unfaithful to god yes and so it serves as a mirror i am unfaithful to god which then drives Daniel to his prayer, yes. to, a, to a prayer life. And so the reason why the study of Scripture is important is because it reveals who we are to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And once it reveals who we are to ourselves, then prayer is the means by which we go to God and ask for these changes to happen. So mm-hmm. he's now asking uh, for God to, to, to intervene in his life. And I, and I love that when Daniel's praying, he, he was talking about the mirror aspect. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we can get stuck in, oh, God, those people are so horrible, right? Those Israelites who didn't obey God and led us into this mess, right? But when Daniel prays, he says, we. You know, he's always saying, we, 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 we. And you look through the book of Daniel in in the summation that um, Israel gave at the beginning. Daniel's been, he's a faithful man. He's faithful in the little things, faithful in the big things. There's really nothing bad recorded about Daniel throughout the book of Daniel. And yet when he's praying here, he says, we have right. to us belongs shame shame of faith it, he puts himself in that category of the people who have offended god and you're left wondering what did you do daniel but he recognizes his own sinfulness even though when we look at his life we're like this guy was spotless right right, right. there's a kind of a difference between nebuchadnezzar that we talked mm-hmm. in previous uh, episodes about the pronoun that he uses and it's first person singular yeah. and yeah. here daniel's using first person plural it's like i i i i'm like but we 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 and it's on different ends right. of, mm-hmm. of of this of the, of the spectrum there sebastian and was going to add that daniel as usual we see prayer being a, a continuous component but this is a different type of prayer like siku's alluding to where in daniel 2 he's praying because his life is in jeopardy we go to daniel 6 and he's praying because he wants to express his allegiance to god i will not worship the emperor But now when we come to Daniel chapter 9, his prayer is not for himself. It's for God's people. It's for his church that hasn't been faithful. Mm. And I love the fact that through his intercessory prayer, Daniel is owning that. And a lot of times we want to distance ourselves from the issues in the church. Mm -hmm. So we want to say, well, man, you know, such and such was acting crazy in the church or sister such and such gets on my nerves and always interrupts the pastor when they're preaching (laughs) or whatever the case may be. But Daniel's like, you just need to own it, right? If you're a Jew, then it's your failure. It's Mm -hmm. not just... This person's failure. And my dad used to always say as kids, he used to say the strength of the wolf is the pack and the strength of the pack is the wolf, Mm -hmm. which is essentially to say 
that if my brother fails, then we all fail, mm-hmm. right? But if my brother succeeds, then we all succeed. Mm-hmm. And so in this very sense, Daniel is adopting that same mindset that God was trying to put in the heart of his people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul put, Paul put it in a different way by saying, you know, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And so what Paul's trying to explain in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is it is impossible for one person to fail and another person to succeed because you're part of the same exact body. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my failure is Sebastian's failure. And so... When it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to the church of Christ, God is trying to instill in the mind of the Christian and of the churchgoer, it is impossible for you to separate yourself outside of the body of Christ and at the same time think you're going to be successful, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you're all connected, Mm -hmm. you're glued together, combined you form the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so why is it that he does that? To, To instill in his people that it is this idea of individuality, of me being able to be better while at the expense of other people, they suffer or they or they um, or they fail. This is something that does it's not. It's a dangerous attitude, mm-hmm. isn't it? Though I mean, a lot of people within the church have that. I mean, they mm-hmm. distance themselves very quickly when something happens in the church. And when we say church, that could be the local church, that could be the entire denomination, that could be mm-hmm. Christians in general. Mm-hmm. It's just you know God's people, and it's not a it's not a perfect entity correct but when something happens people just well and and we we are quick to point the finger very and and, and we get very individualistic yes Mm -hmm. so we become like the nebuchadnezzar it's the i right there's a certain pride like i don't align with that Mm. so if i go out and they say hey aren't you go to what church isn't that the church that did such and such now i want to separate well no no i actually didn't agree with that right but there's something powerful that even my wife and i learned in what our kids is that even if my wife says something I feel is wrong, I have to support her in front of my kids, mm-hmm. right? As soon as they sense like, oh, yeah, they're not on the same page, then they start putting me against my wife or my wife against me, and that creates dissension and insecurity in the home. Mm-hmm. And we'd be doing the same thing. So if I'm on the street and someone's like, well, isn't that your church? Like, yeah, that is my church, you know, and we are trying to rectify that. We are trying to work through that, right? Mm-hmm. But in that sense, you still want to own it and identify yeah. And move forward. But, you know, that's it, it's one thing when you know it's like your spouse and then the children, or you know the church did something and the the, the victim, quote unquote, of that action, action is out there. But when you're the victim, you know you're in the church and the church did something that the impact hurts you. Mm-hmm. You know how do you pray this prayer and say we? You know, and mm-hmm. and I'm thinking of Daniel's situation. He was in captivity. He was made a eunuch. You know, his life was very severely impacted. Because of the unfaithfulness of, of Israel. Exactly. Yeah. And yet he's not saying they. He's right. still saying we. And I think that's, that's really powerful to, to, own, to own even the failures of the church mm-hmm. as being one body, even when those failures impact you negatively in a very, very personal way. And to be fair, way. right, we all have our share in those failures. Voilà. Right? So while Daniel may have suffered, he's also owning the fact that I've contributed on other levels. I may not have contributed in this way, but I might have contributed in that way. And, and, and looking at that tells me to say, yes, you know what? That has been a major issue, but let's be 100, right? I also have not represented Christ always in my behavior. What, what do we call this attribute? What a uh, hymn that he identifies with this crazy girlfriend of God's. You know, what? what is that? <sighs> um... Attribute. Attribute. I mean, what, 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 what uh, we, we've gone through each of the chapters and we're like, hey, <laughs> yeah. we need humility, oh, we need devotions, we need radical, right. you know, commitment, and then we just got to stick with the church. Is that, is, is that what, what Nine is telling us? What, what, what? I think he's saying, um, yeah, faithfulness. To, to, to love the church and to claim it in spite of, you know, whatever the situation is. Because okay. he saw 
God's longer purpose. Longer than one word, okay. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Much longer than one word. But it, it reminded me of when I got married and what the minister said in my wedding. Um, and he, he started by talking about all the ways I was looking at my wife during the day leading up to our, our wedding ceremony. And he's like, I saw you looking at her this way and you're eyeing her and you're obviously clearly in love with her and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the homily was, so what happens when she's not doing this and this? Will you claim her then? What happens when this isn't happening in the home? Will you claim her then? Because that's really what Daniel is trying to say is that God is willing to claim the church. So I'm willing to claim the church. God never said they weren't his people. Mm-hmm. He just said they haven't been faithful. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel saying, I'm going to take Jesus's attitude on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Jesus still claims her, so I'm still claiming her. Mm-hmm. And that's that mindset that he brings. Mm-hmm. Stick around after the break because when we look at what Daniel's doing, he's not only praying for the church, but he goes far and above and he's fasting for the church. Stick with us as we continue reading Daniel chapter 9. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We've been talking during the break. I'm like, what is this one word attribute? And, and at least in my mind, I came up with forbearance, forbearance. It's not a word that we hear too often in our modern day. Hey, mm-hmm. suffer long for someone else. And whether it's being quiet, whether it's withholding, or whether it's doing something. And, and what's crazy in my mind is verse 3. In the chapter 9, verse 3 of, of uh, where are we? Of Daniel. And verse 3, the Bible says, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting sackcloth and ashes. Mm. So this ain't just word service. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's fasting. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, like, what is there merit in fasting? What is the role in fasting in this kind of prayer yeah. for on the behalf of God's people who you're not responsible for this? Well, what we have to understand is that Daniel does not have a checklist, Mm. you know, and he's like, okay, we are in a crisis situation. What should I do? Let me pull out my crisis sheet. All right. I need to pray. Check. You know what? Because this is a very bad crisis, I need to do 2.0. I need to also fast. Mm. And so, and so, you know, Daniel is not responding here based on external factors, but this is Daniel's natural response to a crisis situation. I like to think that Daniel has become so much like God, mm. so much like Jesus, mm-hmm. that his response is to immediately turn to him and to, and to express himself to God in, in, in the best human possible mm-hmm. way. And so Daniel is responding here not out of duty, but he's responding here out of character, out of habit, out of what he's used to doing, out mm-hmm. of, you know, who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think he, you know, he's, it's an expression of where he's at, mm-hmm. I think. He's at a point where he wants so deeply to see the church succeed that he is, you know, he's fasting. He's, he's, he's uh, what do you call it when you don't do things that you should do for yourself? Take care of yourself. He is whatever that word is. <laughs> whatever, that that. whatever that attribute is. Let's actually go into the text of what he's saying. And I, guess, I think we need to... Uh, see the emotion of, mm-hmm. of, of, of Nehemiah here. When we Daniel, read this, Daniel. we just read... Daniel. Uh, what did I say? Nehemiah. I'm stuck on Nehemiah. Of, of Daniel, when he says, Oh, Lord, we read it like, Oh, Lord. But, I mean, he just, there's some emotive factor yes. here. Go to chapter 9, verse 16. 
Chapter 9, verse 16 in Sebastian, can you read from 16 to 19, please? O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary which is desolate. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. Mm -hmm. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake. My God, for your city and your people are called by your name. I mean, there's that's like dripping mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. the emotional value, mm -hmm. uh, not just drama for drama's sake, but I mean, he's Im imploring the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, this is a very raw conversation he's yeah. having with God. And I mean, think, think about the fact of how many of us have really grappled with God over the church the way that Daniel is grappling right now. Mm. Like to me, it's, it's, such a, it's such a rebuke and a, and a contrast to the fact that many times our issues with the church turn into gossip. Mm. They turn into separation. They turn into factions and, and little groups and sectors. It's like, oh, yeah, those are the people that believe this or they agreed on this issue with this person versus Daniel's heart is, Lord, forgive. Mm -hmm. Lord, be merciful to these your people. This is called by your name. So he's not only jealous for Jerusalem. He's not only jealous for the sanctuary, but he's also jealous for the glory of God. Mm. He sees what this does to the God that he loves mm. so deeply mm. and how this agency on earth upon whom God has given such supreme regard mm. to represent him to the nations has fallen into reproach. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, Lord, we're the, we're the one way by which your glory is revealed and we're failing at that. Mm -hmm. right. And that, that moves Daniel to prayer. And so it, it, it really behooves us to, to think and say, and do I have that kind of heart mm -hmm. that was in Daniel? Do I have that same spirit, that fervor, that passion, that zeal? that would cause me to even speak these words. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever prayed a prayer with words like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, this. It's, 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 and usually if it is of this, this intensity, it's usually for something ourselves. that's yeah. you know, dealing with me, me my yeah. sickness, yes. my family, or my situation. But these are for people that have really no benefit. If anything, they've caused more. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's a very Christ-Jesus kind of prayer. Amen. Yeah? Uh, I want to uh, skip to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 in the New Testament, verse 8. Chapter 3, verse 8 of Ephesians. And the Bible says... To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which is from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, through the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, that is like super, you know, dense. Yeah. You know, that is healthy bread there. That is, you know, <laughs> wheat germ and, and wheat, wheat all wheat holding grass, everything in there. You know. So, uh, in the book of Ephesians, Paul is saying like, hey, we got we to be united, whether we're enemies, whether we're different Jew, non-Jew, we got to be united and then all of earth all the all the nations got to be united and then he goes as far as heaven and earth not on a horizontal but on a vertical level has yeah. has to be united mm. and all this takes place on the theater of the church yeah. yes 
like all the issues of the universe mm. are played out in the church, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, the, the, I mean, the I church is a high yeah. call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The church is a theater by which God manifests his expression of grace. And that's yeah. exactly what, you're, you're right, that's exactly what Paul is saying. He's mm. saying, the reason why I'm called to be a minister, mm-hmm. he's saying, so that people can look at me and say, how in the world did God transform this person to save them? Mm-hmm. How in the world is that possible? Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, as you were mentioning in the beginning, the church is God's crazy wife, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that what, respectfully speaking, yeah, yes. yeah. And what, and what, and what God, and what God is saying, what God, what God shares with us through Daniel is yes. you better be careful how you treat that yes. crazy wife, yes, because yes, yes. even though it might be crazy, even though it might be whatever, God is still going to defend his wife to the very, very end. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, this is a rebuke to us as church leaders, because we don't treat the, the, the church of Christ in the way that he looks upon it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then we ask ourselves a question, why is it that so many people are leaving the church? Mm-hmm. Well, people are leaving the church because as church leaders, we don't respect it, right? Mm-hmm. And people look at the church leadership and we, because we, we don't care about it the way that Christ cared about it, the way that Daniel cared about it, that's why people leave the church. Mm-hmm. There's nothing here for them. Mm-hmm. And as I read, the, as I read the, the, uh, the story of Daniel, I realize his, the prayer is beautiful. It's, an, it's a beautiful yes. prayer. And I feel as though when Daniel is praying this thing, he's, at, he's praying not to change the mind of God, right. but as he's praying, he's changing his own heart, mm-hmm. right? We pray not to change the heart of, 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 of the mind of God, but the heart of man. Yep. And as Daniel is saying, he's like, look, you're a God that forgives. You're a God who is good. You're a God who is great in mercy. And as he's saying this, he's convincing himself of the it's reality. It's reinforced in his mind. Yeah, it's reinforcing yes. in yes. his mind. This is who God is. And, and, and this is, a, it, it takes a powerful effect on the person who is praying mm-hmm. this prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to your point about this, the manifold wisdom of God that's being made known to principalities and powers in heavenly places by the church, mm-hmm. it, it, it automatically begs the question why human beings who claim to believe the gospel would be ashamed and overwhelmed and burdened by the problems that exist inside the church when the church is supposed to be the theater that shows us how that, how the wisdom and the power in the gospel transforms people. Mm-hmm. So it's like my response should not be to walk away and to run away. Mm-hmm. It should say like, you know why this is happening in our church? Because this is going to show to not just our congregation, but to principalities in heavenly places mm-hmm. of what the grace of God can do in a prideful elder right, into a a group of leaders within the church that eventually started division, but were able to come into unity, right? That takes the power of God. That takes the wisdom of God to overcome that. And if we believe that, what he's writing here in Ephesians chapter 3 to a church that's grappling with division in and of itself and striving for unity, he's like, do you realize how powerful unity is when you have so many different backgrounds, so many different individuals, so many different minds, on top of the great controversy that's at play inside, and yet we can still achieve that. I mean, that shows the wisdom and the power of God in a way that nothing else on earth can. Yeah, yeah. So we've been waxing eloquently about the ecclesiology of God. (laughs) Let's get really practical. What are some ways we can constructively love the church? Uh, I guess uh, an implicit conclusion is if we treat the church thus in such a way, it's actually a reflection of how we, our relationship yeah. is with the church's Lord, yeah. right? Yes. I mean, that's ultimately what we're saying here. Mm-hmm. So what are ways that we can constructively help the church 
when it's so easy to point the finger or reject or become independent, or whatever you guys all said, which I totally agree, what, what, what are ways we can practically be, be proactive in that? I, we, I, we've already talked about this, but to, just to put it in the context of the question you're asking, um, Daniel understood something from his study of the Word. Mm. Right? So one thing is you know, your personal study of the Bible. And what he understood, this intellectual knowledge that he had, drove him to his knees mm. um, in communication with God. Mm -hmm. And what happened in that prayer, like he was praying for God's church. It makes me think of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, you have heard that it was said, do good to those that, you know, do good to you or whatever. And mm -hmm. not to whatever, what yeah. Jesus said. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. But, but you've yeah, heard that it was said, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, yes. Okay. But I'm saying to you that, you know, you should love your enemies, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And you should treat those who mistreat you well. Okay. In this, in this sense, Daniel is praying for God's church. It may not be that the church has treated him well. It may not be that God's people are the most awesome or, mm. you know, the church has always done what is right. But he's praying for that which is the apple of God's eye. And why I thought of what Jesus said then was when you pray for your enemies, when you pray for those who mistreat you, it changes your attitude towards them. Mm -hmm. Like that prayer for that person transforms you and in Daniel praying for God's people in Daniel praying for the church it transforms him to actually love the church even more through the act of praying for the church so a very very practical way mm -hmm. is as we see the church going through all sorts of drama and people acting cray right mm -hmm. one cray, thing cray. that cray cray <laughs> one thing that we can very practically do is to pray for the church mm -hmm. I mean to to get down on our knees, pray, yes. fast, and actually pray for the church. And in the process of praying, God changes you to actually love the church if you didn't love it when you started the prayer. You love it. The old lords in Daniel's prayer increase as he gets towards the end of the prayer. Like the emotion, the, the, the power of the emotion. There's a crescendo that's happening. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Know yourself and, and focus yourself. on yourself. Yeah. So every time, every time we have an argument with someone about why they're so bad, they're so whatever, it's because we don't know who we are. And the more we know ourselves, the more we know the baggage that we carry, the more patient we're going to be with the other person's baggage. Mm -hmm. So focusing on ourselves, knowing ourselves through the study of Scripture helps us love the church more, helps mm -hmm. us love each other mm -hmm. more. The yeah. church is not an organization out there. It's not some nonprofit organization that's about organized religion and trying to connive people into some kind of membership. It is the object of God's supreme regard, is the means by which the gospel is to go forth. It is the, the, the entity by which he puts all of his desires and, and objectives to save humanity. And our attitude on how we treat the church is a reflection of the attitude we have towards our Savior. Hopefully by this conversation, you have a renow, re renewed sense to pray for whatever local church or whatever denomination you're a part of. Let's be gracious to the Lord's church. Thanks for joining us here in Inverse. We'll see you here next week. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.